NapaBroadcasting.com, Napa Valley Radio, for the way we live now. Thanks for joining us here at NapaBroadcasting.com as we turn to a subject that in many ways is like the weather. It's something that everybody talks about, but ultimately very little is done about it, and that is the subject of housing. But we're going to be talking to some folks today who are trying very hard to do something about it here in Napa County. As I'm joined by Kathleen Dreesen, who's the Executive Director of Napa Valley Community Housing, and Marlene Santiago, who's the Resident Services Director. Thank you both so much for coming in. It's a pleasure, Jeff. It's great to have you here. In a way, housing is, Kathleen, a little like the weather. Everybody Mm -hmm. talks about it. I Mm -hmm. mean, there's nobody uh, in Napa that hasn't talked about the issue of housing and we need it. We have Mm -hmm. a problem Mm -hmm. in affordable housing. Mm -hmm. But the reality is... It's expensive, and it's, it's very, very difficult yeah. to do something about Affordable it. housing is not affordable to build. It's very difficult. And a colleague of mine who's been in the business for over 40 years said, never has the need been so great and the resources so few. The state basically is, is cutting down our funding. So is the federal government. The county and the city have been very supportive, but there's only so much they can do. So it's, it's, a, it's a real challenge. How much is the problem indigenous to the Bay Area, when we think of it, certainly in terms of California for the moment, that the Bay Area problem is so much more significant than the rest of the state? Well, I, I think it's our beautiful climate. I think it's where people want to be. It's There's jobs here, especially in San Francisco area and Silicon Valley. So it's, it's a place people want to come to. And it, unfortunately, there's not a whole lot of room left. How to what extent has all the concern about traffic and growth and land use policies mm-hmm. throughout the Bay Area, certainly here in Napa, and we can mm-hmm. talk more about that specifically, but throughout the Bay Area, to what extent has that contributed to the problem in significant ways? Well, of course, we have the rural urban limit here in Napa, which is a great thing for our agricultural lands, but that limits the amount of space we have. Uh, we need to expand up instead of out, which is kind of a little hard in a place like Napa. We're used to it. Maybe a four-story building is as high as we've ever gone. So that can be a, a pose a challenge. And infill sites are few and far between. They're very expensive to purchase. So it's, it's just a, a fact of life here in Napa. There's not a whole lot of places to build. If you could wave a magic wand and build housing here in Napa, do you have any idea what the number would be? What would it take to at least deal with the current housing needs as they are here in Napa. Well, Jeff, on our waiting list, which are pre-qualified applicants, we have over 800 people waiting for, we have 675 units right now. We'll go online with 40 more early next year, so that'll bring us up to 616, but there's almost double the amount of people waiting for it, and that's just people who are qualified for our lists, so it's almost a, a finite number. And Marlene, where are most of these people living now? The 800 or so people that are on the list Kathleen's talking about, are they living in in other housing here in Napa? Are they living outside the county? Where are they living? Uh, Most of them live inside the Napa County, the ones that we work with. Our properties um, are up to St. Helena and up to Napa, Mm -hmm. Napa City. Mm -hmm. So generally in the downtown area is where most of them would reside mm-hmm. and a lot of them jeff of course are residing in substandard or overcrowded conditions mm-hmm. they're crowded into um, back patios with tarps over them believe it or not uh, garages with bunk beds several families living together in one and two bedroom apartments it's it's very unsanitary and not decent housing at all mm-hmm. 
And what, if anything, can be done to address, or should anything be done to address that substandard housing at this point? Well, that's what we're trying to do, of course. We're, our, our, we're very proud of our properties, and as the city and county are, too. Mm-hmm. Um, we try to you know, maintain them to be as beautiful and as attractive in their neighborhoods as they are, or they can be. And so, the, you know, as I said, the, count, the resources are just not there. They're, it's very dwindling, the amount of money that's allowed for affordable housing to build. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about the nexus between Napa Valley Community Housing and the city and county. How do you all work together? Yeah, we're good partners with the city and county. They've been very supportive. Um, what we need to do is leverage money. So the state or the federal government needs to see that there's a local buy-in. They want to make sure that they're in, the city and county are invested in us. They believe in us. They believe in the project. So um, when we leverage the money that's how we get uh, some funds to start you know start gathering all the different pockets we have to go into to kind of cobble together all the funding that's necessary to build affordable housing new housing Mm -hmm. we're also trying to rehab some of our older apartments uh, to keep them up to date and keep them um, you know going strong over into the next several decades one of the problems, certainly here in, in the city of Napa, is that there was a huge period of time that no new apartments were built at all. So there's this huge gap between some very limited market rate housing that was built in the past 10 years and stuff that was built 20, 30, 40 mm-hmm. years ago. That's true. And it'd be nice if we could buy up some of those older properties, but there again, they're so expensive that it, it's prohibitive. What is Napa Valley Community Housing doing now to try and address this? And are, is there a place in all of this for the private sector? Is there a place for individual developers to come in and contribute something to this? Well, I understand there's a, a small apartment complex going up off Salvador Avenue that the Rossi Company is doing. That's great. That's wonderful that they're able to um, put together something like that and manage it for moderate income people. Um, we just keep plugging away, and one of the things that we're most proud of is Marlene's program, uh, Resident Services, because the whole thing is to break the cycle of poverty, Jeff. They, people have to learn how to get jobs, how to speak English, for the most part, use computers, um, socialize, uh, eat healthy. So our Resident Services program brings that to the people. So what we're trying to do is really bring them up, bring them up in the community so they're ready to go on their own. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about the challenges that you face in doing that work, Marlene. Some of the challenges that we um, face is uh, a lot of people work late or they work really early. Um, so the hours can be difficult for some people to be able to have the actual energy to be able to come home to their family and spend that quality time. So we try to be flexible. Um, we work with the folks that are at home during the day so that we can maybe educate the mom why the kids are at school and the husband's at work. So we just try to take every advantage. But um, the um, limitations that we have is sometimes they only speak one language, maybe just Spanish. So it's important for us to help them or guide them to learn English so that there's more opportunities for their children, for their families, for better jobs and um, education. Kathleen, how are the challenges different as we look throughout the county? Are you facing different challenges in Napa than you are in St. Helena or Calistoga? 
Talk a little about that, or in the unincorporated areas. Right. Well, I would say that the farm worker, migrant farm workers are, are much more of a concern up valley, just because that's where most of the crops are. Uh, so we have good farm centers right now, uh, but they are for migrant males. So there's really not uh, anywhere for a family, a migrant family to go, or a family that... Um, you know, a lot of times the women work in, in the fields, too, especially in the spring. They're very good at tying up the uh, young shoots. They're very nimble. Um, so that would be, I think, the largest difference between the two areas of mm-hmm. Valley and, and Napa itself. And talk a little bit about the home sharing program that you're currently engaged in and what you're trying to accomplish, kind of bringing the Airbnb idea to affordable housing in well, a way. Kind of, not not temporary, but I'll let Marlene talk about that. So with the generous support of the city and the county of Napa, we were able to come up with the home sharing matchup program. And what we do is try to facilitate safe home shares with homeowners with extra space in their home with renters who need an affordable place to live in Napa. And what we also do is conduct one-on-one interviews. We Uh, do criminal backgrounds, we do credit checks, and then uh, we work with the families if someone is senior, is a senior, and um, they need basic service assistance. We try to match them with somebody who might be able to provide that for them, such as a ride to um, the supermarket or the doctor's appointments. So it's a unique opportunity and program in Napa that has been mirrored from another... um, agency, which is HIP Housing in San Mateo County. Mm -hmm. They've been doing this program for over 20 years. So we would hope that it would um, help a little bit. Um, This is for long-term permanent housing, so it's not for vacation rentals. Right. But but the idea is the same. I mean, it's people that have extra space, that have unused rooms, perhaps, that they can, and and they receive income from this. How does that work exactly? Yes, they'll they'll um, even if they do help with some chores, there is a rental um, in in place. Um, what we've done is uh, adapt the hip housing, and they have a proprietary uh, program hmm. for matching people. So there's a lot of it's not just smokers and non-smokers. It's do you like music? Is there do an you app like for this? Cook? Is it like, t- like <laughs> it's Tinder? almost like it's <laughs> almost like an app, but it's a quite an extensive questionnaire for both the provider and the seeker. So that we hope that we hope that people will um, you know work together and live together harmoniously. Uh, of course, people aren't required to um, take the person we we feel is the match mm-hmm. for them. They can say no. They don't like the color of their hair or something. So uh, it's all up to them. And we also will try to facilitate if there are any problems that maybe we can nip in the bud early on. Mm-hmm. Who are the people that are doing this? Who are the people that are participating in terms of those that are taking people in? Who are you finding are the best candidates for this? We're finding that it's uh, the older um, adults who need additional income in their home. They may be living alone at this time. Uh, currently, we have a widow, you know, who needs um, someone to help her in the mm-hmm. home, too. So it's typically an older adult who is single. 
why are not more communities doing this? Why did, uh, I mean, you said San Mateo has been doing mm-hmm. it for 20 years. Yeah, why time. haven't we seen more of this, more copycat of this? I think it's it can be kind of complicated to set up. I think people are concerned about liability issues. Uh, we were so lucky in that Lark Farrell from the city really pushed this. Uh, the county was very much behind it, too. But Lark was kind of the one who got in there and, learned about other programs and other places and what they're doing and how they how they handle things. So we're trying to take the best from all those programs and put them all together so we hopefully have a seamless and uh, harmonious program. And how many people have been matched up so far? We just started the program a few weeks ago, so mm-hmm. so far nobody. <laughs> Nobody's right. been matched up, but we are getting an awful lot of seekers uh, and just a few providers. We need more providers. Talk a little bit about that. How many uh, people are willing to do this? How many seekers do you have on the list? And, and you know, how many providers do you need? Currently, we have um, 10 seekers with completed applications, and we have two providers. Unfortunately, the providers that we have are females, and they're seeking females. So we only mm-hmm. have nine males and one female right. at this time. So um, we're we're looking to expand the program by marketing it to more individuals so that they know that the program is available. And is this something that you could envision, or I mean, I guess the San Mateo example we we can learn from, that families are able to take advantage of, or is this strictly for for single individuals? It's primarily for singles, uh, perhaps a couple or perhaps a single mom with a child, but primarily it's single people coming to town who perhaps have service jobs in service industries or are new to town and just don't really know the lay of the land yet, and it gives them a a way to get in, get on their feet, and, um, you know, set themselves up for for success. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about some of the other things that uh, Napa Valley Community Housing is engaged in right now. Well, right now we have Oak Creek Terrace is coming online in early 2016. That's 40 units of one, two, and three bedroom homes uh, from 20 to 60% below the area median income. The um, rates, the rent rates will range from about $600, $700 up to about $1,000. Ninety-seven dollars. So those people have to come in and um, three days a week in our office, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, from nine to noon and from one to three. We're taking applications. Uh, the application is pretty straightforward. Uh, you have to explain your income, how many people are living there, what size unit you desire. Uh, we've had a, a great response to it. Uh, we feel we'll be filling that up quite soon. So if anybody's interested, we're open until uh, December 18th. We're taking applications. And does this come from that list of 800 you were talking about before, or does each new project have to kind of start a list anew? These, these are new, starting a new list. A lot of people know about us and are on other lists, but this is a, this is a special list that you have to come in and get on if you're interested. To what extent is does that make the process more complicated for people that are trying to figure this out? There's the list here that has 800 names. There's the application list here. I assume that there are probably some other lists, whether it's for the sharing or some of the other mm-hmm. things. Talk a little bit about that, and is there a way to, to, to simplify it or centralize right. it in some way? Right. We've tried to do that through our office and through the um, other apartment complexes uh, that will take lists. Right now, most of our waiting lists are closed. There's only three uh, apartment complexes that are accepting new people besides Oak Creek Terrace, and those are Silverado Creek on Villa Lane, the Reserve, which is for seniors on Trancas, and um, Napa Park Homes, which is on Lincoln. Um, 
we try to simplify it, but it's not easy. It's not easy, Jeff. You have to prove your income. You have to get verification from your employers, from your bank. It's not a simple process to get in. We're regulated very heavily, and so we have to be, somebody's looking over our shoulder at all times, and we have to make sure we dot our I's and cross our T's, but we do try to simplify it as much right. as we can. Is the project made too difficult by state and federal regulations? It's not made easy, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is there a, has there been a move among affordable housing advocates and people that work in the areas that, that you two work in? To simplify the process at all? Has there been pressure put on the state or the federal government to try and simplify this? Well, there's so many regulatory agencies, and they all have their own forms. Sometimes they're, you know, they conflict what they want and what one wants and the other wants, and the timing is, is completely different for one application as to another one. So uh, there have been uh, major uh, efforts, at least, to kind of unify it and also to get develop a permanent source, but that always comes up against uh, resistance from people who don't feel it should be on their backs, on you know one industry or another. So um, yeah, it's uh, legislation is always very active in mm-hmm. housing. How frustrating is it for you and people that work in this arena, given that, as we were talking about before we went on the air, this is a problem that ultimately you can, you know, put a pail under the under the mm-hmm. leaky roof, but you can't really solve it. Right. It's true, Jeff. It is is frustrating. We have people come in with horrible stories about living in their cars and, you know, being thrown out on the street. And one woman had to walk in the rain the other day to come here because she has no transportation. So it's very frustrating, but it's sort of like the starfish on the beach. You throw one starfish in and there's hundreds left, but you made a difference for that one starfish. Tell us a little bit about where people can get information if people are listening to this mm-hmm. and they want to find out more about the sharing program, yes. for example. What should For they basically do? everything is on our website, which is www.nvch.org. So there's applications on there. There's information about home sharing. Uh, there's applications and uh, other information about all of our apartment complexes on there, as well as just general information. Mm-hmm. So I, I'd suggest everyone uh, go to and check that out. You can even do it at the library for free. Right. To what extent do you work with or interface with the neighboring counties and, and their needs and their availabilities and, and the efforts that they're engaged in in Solano or Sonoma or Contra Costa? We haven't engaged too much with them. We're partners with uh, several other um, agencies that are in, like, say, Marin County, EAH mm-hmm. is there. Um, but primarily we're you know kind of local we try to stick to our valley what we know and the people we know so uh we we try to learn from them but um pretty much we're kind of on our own here <laughs> which really begs the question of whether or not the only way to address this in a fundamental way is to really look at more regional solutions mm-hmm. could be yeah i mean is there a, is there talk about that no the there really hasn't been um you know everybody's kind of in their silos right so yeah to make the problem more make the frustrating. problem worse. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to end on such a negative note. <laughs> no, don't end on a negative what, note. What are, the, what are the things in this process that give you hope at this point? Let, let's. Well, it's the people who come in. Um, Marlene had a social the other day and around Thanksgiving, and they asked what, what people were thankful for, and many of them were saying, we're thankful we live here. We live in this beautiful place, and um, we're well taken care of, and we know we, our children have a safe and decent place to come home to at night.
Well, good. Marlene Santiago, Kathleen Dreesen, Napa Valley Community Housing, I thank you both so much for coming thank in. Thank you, Jeff, for having thank us. You. Thank you. Thanks for listening to NapaBroadcasting.com.